but he thinks that the Beverly Hillbillies would show in which the matriarch was burned alive on screen. <laughs> I mean, the less comedic episodes. Uh, <laughs> I like how the idea of less comedic is burning alive yeah, in the house. Yeah, I mean, that one was not as funny as other episodes in the series. Right. <laughs> and they may have jumped the shark on that one. You know, kind of like the one in which uh, Eddie Munster gets uh, crucified. That one was not nearly as funny. Well, I don't know. Like, I always find the Eddie Munster crucifixion kind of kind of funny. I don't know. Maybe it's like the the look he has on his face or the way that his parents are responding. There's like some comedic quality there. Hey, welcome to even more mashed up. We are the pop culture pop culture. I mean, literally the pop culture podcast. We come to you university two old professors talking about all things pop culture my name's alan patrick and we are roaring back today with an episode about the quarantine hit tiger king Woo. no that, that it's it's kind of silent you didn't like yeah, that opening? No, i think i think the silence is uh i mean i hadn't even thought about the opening so i give you credit for being a step ahead of me, but roaring back. Because just... Tiger, roar. I, 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 I think I understand the reference. There. I don't... Um, I don't think it's good. It's not that great. I it was great. I said I had something. What no. if you had gone with this? Today's podcast, it's great. That's, that's Tony the Tiger. Do you really yeah. want to drag Tony the Tiger into Tiger King? Well, well, he's a think, tiger. He should care. I don't think Tony would want to get dragged into it. No, he I, would not. Now, because now all I'm seeing is Tony the tiger in one of those cages. Yeah. Yeah, or gnawing off somebody's arm, or yeah. being put down because they're too. Yeah, yeah well, no, being no, locked no. up in cage. Being locked up in a cage is not great. <laughs> no, but I still think I still think I would vote for. You know, Tiger King. Not so great over Roaring Back, but that's just. I'm sorry, maybe next time you could come up with an idea and I would not have to do all the work. Well, had I actually thought about it, obviously mm. I would have. Maybe you could it. actually spend some time thinking about it. Oh, I'd just like to point out that I came up with a better intro in it literally five seconds. So I don't believe you necessarily came up with a better intro because it's not really the intro. So you came up with an idea, but it's not an intro. It's a better idea for the... Yeah, yeah. The idea of taking Tony the Tiger mm-hmm. and putting him in the zoo... Really, you could put any number of cereal mascots in the zoo. Toucan yes. Sam, Sonny from Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Mm, Cocoa Puffs. Captain, uh, Captain Crunch would definitely be so exotic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Think about his flamboyant fashion sense. Yeah, Captain Crunch. Uh, yeah, the, his... Um, approach to running his ship. Well, I don't know how much of a dictator he was. Well, you never saw anybody else making any decisions aboard that boat, that's all I'm going to say. Did we ever see him aboard a boat? Yeah, he used to stand on the deck. Yeah, okay. Oh, the Trick's Rabbit. The Trick's Rabbit could be in one yeah. of the cages. Um, Boo Berry. But that, uh, that doesn't really make sense. Sure, all the, all the euthanized animals. Oh, jeez. Allegedly. So I guess he did confess to five of them. So, well, and it, well, we'll get to it later. I think the people who work there confirm that it happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he, he confessed. I think to to that. That's why he's in the jail. No, or I don't. Partially think why he's in the jail. I was gonna say that's not the 
only reason. It's not the only reason. It's one of the things they have very firm evidence for uh, against him. But yes, yeah, so in, in I guess we could call this another installment of our our better late than never segment since we're talking about the show that was the big hit, you know, like two months ago. Well, yeah, well, we're definitely getting to this um, late, probably yes. late for reasons totally beyond our control, right? Yes, yes. Though there have been recent developments that make it sort of newly relevant. That's true, but the reasons beyond our control was just your resistance watching it. Well, yes, I was. I was initially somewhat resistant to watching the Tiger King because I didn't really understand why a show about people who own animals was such a, a big deal. Uh, and then I watched the show, and I think I watched all, uh, I guess, eight episodes because I watched the the interview special as well. I think I watched them all in about three days. Yeah, it. I I agree with you, and I watched it. I told you it was compelling. Your somewhat it was. somewhat resistant attitude was to say absolutely not we will not do tiger king yeah no i refused yes. i mean it's understandable <clears throat> oh rich is here oh hey rich i've always spoken a couple of times have you oh yep. okay i must have missed okay. that if you say so <laughs> um i responded to your comments you talked back to me did i uh, no <laughs> recollection of that at all we quarantine is not good for keeping track of stuff did we Oh, but not on the actual show. We had a conversation in the pre-show, but we haven't actually had a conversation on the actual show. I talked to you during the intro part. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's different. That's not the show. Definitely back in the saddle. Yeah. Oh, we got this. We got this. Down. Hey, I've got a trivia question for you, Alan. Yeah. Based on, on, on uh, Tiger King. Okay. Let's start with a trivia question. You don't have or, any numbers? No, I don't have numbers. I've just got a trivia question. So... Which late 90s, early 2000s music video sensation is connected to people on Tiger King? Ooh, interesting. So what's the date on that again? Late, uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Because initially... So turn of the century. Yeah, I would have gone big hair metal eventually, be, uh, you know, initially because of mm. Jeff Lowe. Mm-hmm. His Vegas connection, whatnot, definitely like a big guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, by the late 90s, I'm going to go Ricky Martin. Oh, no. Rich, would, would you like to take a guess? No. Does Rich have... know me? <laughs> it's like, this is an area of time that means nothing to me. It's really uh, an antique time for him. It is. It's, it's, it is ancient, yes. Uh, Britney Spears. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. How? Yeah, uh, because apparently, if you you remember when she did the MTV Video Awards with the giant snake? Yeah. Uh, Doc Antle was the was on stage with her at the time. Really? Yeah, and then the next year for the VMAs, there's a shot of her in the audience, and she's sitting next to a woman that most people think is Carol Baskin. What most people think. Time well, out. It's, it's, How do they it, not know? I, they, I, they can I, see I, a photo of her. Well, she's wearing. She's wearing like a very similar shirt. She's got the little bandana thing. Yeah. Um, does her face look the same? Yes, her face looks almost exactly the same. She looks okay. obviously quite a bit younger, but. Um, well, you could totally see Carol Baskin bullshitting her way into. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Like <laughs> Brittany probably had some exotic animals. Yeah. Right. Kind of like like Shaq. 
like like so many of these. Yeah. Though apparently Shaq denies ever having associated with Tiger King, though he's actually on the show, which seems a little hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like Tiger King is a weird show to talk about now because anyways, kind of hinted at, it's now kind of like doing a nostalgia podcast about the early days of the quarantine. Mm. When we had no idea what like it actually there was this period where there was like racing of Tiger King, and like pan, like the pandemic wasn't going to be like a long term thing, and we were all having fun with the Tiger King, and it was all going to go back to normal, and then it it and then it hasn't. Yeah. Well, but I guess actually it depends which state you're in. Some states have gone back to normal, and thus they're having massive surges in coronavirus. Yeah, so it doesn't seem like normal to, me, but you know maybe they'll just add it. Mm. Okay. Oh. So yeah, so so where do you want to start talking about Tiger King, Alan? I'd like to start the big picture if I could. Okay. I think the thing that I found absolutely fascinating about Tiger King, and even when you were you were talking about never watching it, how dumb it had to be, I found it utterly riveting television to watch because That's I think in. yeah, because I think Tiger King series. Totally, one hundred percent, capture the world in. Like okay, you're, cu- you're cutting out every other word again, Alan. Let me try that again. Rich, you okay? I'm here. Um... Okay. Yeah, I don't understand what's going on. I can try to log out and log back in. No, you're fine now. Okay. Oh, here's the thing: the Tiger King. Totally captures the world in which we live. It is the microcosm of us. I'm assuming you have an explanation, so please go ahead. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is hard because, you know, nobody's responding, and I want to make sure I'm not cutting out. Oh, I, 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 you're, I'm just here, you know. Clearly, you have a direction you're going in, so I'm just here okay. to, to, to sort of lay the, you know, to, to grease the wheels so you can get where you're going. All right, so give me just a moment to explain before you completely jump on this and say it's what I always do. Okay. Joe Exotic is, in fact, Donald Trump. Oh, Jesus. So, as we watch Joe, he is Donald Trump, just without the money in the New York City upbringing. Don't forget the charisma. No, I think they have the same charisma. Yeah, that was the joke. Yeah. He's Trump, but without the safety net of privilege to rescue him from the many, 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 many mistakes that both men have made in there. Okay. So they are both. Let me give you the list. Okay. The way in which they're the same. Okay. They're con artists. Yeah. They're grifters. Yeah. They're bullies. Mm-hmm. They're people who resort to threats of violence to move their followers. Uh-huh. They are people completely lacking in empathy. Mm, yep. They are politicians because, of course, in America today, politics and business are one and the same thing. Like, you can't get mm. one from the other. Okay. And so um, they're both overly concerned with their appearance in weird ways because they're both 
not doing a good job of it? No. And so when we watch Tiger King, we're really performing an exercise in better understanding who we are as Americans. What do we value? What do we stand for? And let me be clear, I don't think the filmmakers are doing this on purpose. No. I don't think they sat down and said, we're going to use the Tiger King story as an analogy to help Americans finally understand how screwed up American society is. I'm sure it's going to help us understand that. With its celebrity obsession. I don't think that's what they intended to do. No, I don't, I'm not sure the show is going to yeah, do Yeah, I that. feel like it's not Citizen Kane where it's like, they're going to, you know, do a, twi a twist at it, on it. Oh, no, I think you're right, Patrick. Uh, I think yes. H.G. Oh, Wells is Sinner's Citizen Kane. That's a good movie. Oh, no. Here we go again. Well, I don't know if it's a good movie. Here we go. Yeah. So, look, I don't think the filmmakers intended it. Yeah. I don't think it matters. I think Tiger King totally captures the zeitgeist of the times in which... That's my pitch, Patrick. But... but yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, I can't. You, you left out the one thing they they most have in common. What's that? Bad hair. Horrible hair. Yeah. Oh, their hair. Terrible, terrible hair. Yeah, you left yeah. that out. Uh, but I don't know that. I, I I I would tweak it a little bit that I don't think Tiger King is necessarily making people aware of um you know how donald trump of, of of you know where we are in america that led to trump um oh i think I in some ways the fascination with tiger king is probably the same kind of fascination that gave us trump and so tiger king is more and the popularity of Tiger King is more a symptom of where we are than something that's holding up a mirror. Oh, no, but that's what, I, that's what I say when I say, I, I'm pretty sure the filmmakers aren't doing this on purpose. And I'm confident that this show is not its fans. Yeah, that was my point, yeah. Vote differently or think about the world differently or reorient their values. It's not doing any of those things. Yeah. But the show and its popularity reveal America to be like this carnival of grotesque spectacle that, that we are. I'll take that a step further. Yeah. In that not just Joe Exotic and Trump being similar, but I would argue that the ways in which Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin are very similar. That they are, do I, one of the things that struck me about the show is how they are very much two sides of the same coin. They're the same person, but go on. Yeah. yeah. But they, well, in the sense that, you know, he used to be an animal rights advocate turned, you know, animal breeder and, and exploiter. She used to be an animal breeder and exploiter, now, you know, become an animal advocate. They've both got kind of the weird cult following. I mean, she, you know, Carol Baskin relies entirely on volunteer efforts and things like that, that she's as much of a con artist, too. That, 100%. In, the, in that there is not a lot of difference between Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, and thus you're having to choose between two things that really aren't a choice. You've got Trump and Biden. I think that's... So Tiger, it, yeah. so Tiger King embodies also kind of 
you know, or parallels the American political system in which we aren't really given a choice. I mean, our choice is between, you know, two politicians that are largely providing very similar policies. One is just slightly less of a jerk. If I can say jerk on the podcast. Oh, I said bullshit. So it, it, that we're past. No, bullshit's fine, but jerk is too much. Oh, okay. Good. So it's not. Okay. So we will. I was was going back and forth between can I say asshole or can I say dick? But I'll go with jerk. It's like if you ask the question with the word in it. When you say, is jerk okay? And then you move on to say the words that you placed. I was saying them as words, so really, it doesn't count. But you haven't really accomplished <laughs> avoiding them as words. And I'm not using them. I'm using. I'm talking about them in their status as words. They clearly had quotation marks around them. The quotation marks are what makes the difference. You think exactly, exactly. Because I'm not talking the, about it. I'm not calling the, someone it. I'm just referring to it in in its in its lexical nature. I have no doubt in my mind that the FCC regulations as they have existed historically definitely have that kind of new built into oh yeah the whole you know the things we do are protected because it's parody i'm pretty sure because i was talking about it as a word it's not as if i was saying it so got it so it's quotation mark protect yeah exactly patrick i think you're right i later in my notes i wanted to talk about carol baskin because and joe exotic are same person like i wouldn't even say they're different sides of the same coin they're mm-hmm. both people and to care for animals so that they can make yeah. money off of caring for animals yes like they're, 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 to me they're the same person yeah. like watching the way that she like it's like i'm saving these animals and then you see and the beauty of the show and the way it's structured is the way it keeps revealing every episode mm-hmm. so by it's like episode three or four the the big reveal is that she is running an exotic animal park based entirely sanctuary. upon the sanctuary. Uh, however you want to put it, but it's a park. Sanctuary. Based on volunteer labor, which is essentially what Joe does. He pays his people so little that they're oh, yeah. Walmart dumpster for Oh yeah, the food. Oh yeah, that was not appealing. Yeah, like they are exactly the same person. And so I mm. think your idea that positioning of like them as opposites is a complete false positioning which is kind of the political context in which we live in today yeah Yeah. absolutely yeah we're given a choice between two things that aren't really a choice right but we pretend like they are yeah i mean again carol might be a slightly nicer version of joe exotic in the same way that biden is a slightly nicer version of of trump and sort of neoliberalism right yes although you know, depending on what you believe to be true about Carol Baskin, even the slightly nicer is a yeah is a is a difficult proposition. I mean, there oh, I do I I do have a theory about that. I'm just well, talking just about real, her her, her yeah, first just, husband. But just real quickly, I think they they they're both leading essentially what are cults. Yeah, both, I would say even Carol more so. Yeah, like they're they're leading. Well, Joe too. Once he gets thrown in jail, the cult sort of starts to lose its coherence a little bit. Mm. But as long as he's running the park, like, like it's a cult there, there too, which I think is a, a again, yeah. your analogy, pushing my analogy further, 
that the people who buy into Trump and Biden are people who are so accustomed to thinking about the world in a certain way that they can't see the irrationalities built in their world. I mean, you know, all of the, the, the big animal people like Doc Antle, I mean, there's a whole cultish vibe about him as well. Like they're all kind of everyone that's in this kind of big animal collecting breeding world seems to be sort of part of or, or creating their own little cult sort of following. That seems unfair to Doc Antle. He seems like a totally normal dude. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, really? like, it, it is... I gotta say, there's a lot of people on this show that scare the bejesus out of me, and, and Doc Antle is definitely one of them. When when this podcast drops, I'm, I'm gonna go incognito for a couple of weeks. All right. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna fade away. Because you're right, these are scary people. These are scary people. I mean, what's his face? I mean, what is it? The 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 guy that that Joe Exotic actually hires to kill Carol. I think that's uh, Alan. Yeah, I mean that he's one of the scariest Allens I know. One of the scariest Allen. Well, rank your no, scariest you, Allen. You are you are not you are not the scariest Allen I know. Who's the scariest Allen you know? The the dude on Tiger King. Okay, so but, like, and so, then probably my you know machete wielding neighbor. Okay, and then, so where, where do I come in on the scary Alan list? Well, let's see. You're probably below Alan Alda. Alan Alda? Uh, oh, come on. Yeah, you're probably below Alan Thick as well. Well, I should definitely be below Alan Thick, but yeah, I, Alan I, Thick, I, Alan I was, Alda. What was Alan Alda? Scary. Alan. Uh, he was in Mash. He was in the military. No, he was not in the military. He's like a lefty, lefty. No, yeah, but he played a character in the military, so it's it's scarier than you. Um, okay. Let's see, I think who, uh, you know, Alan wrenches. Those are pretty frightening. Um, uh, Alan Thick would be scary to women for sure, so he would be scarier than me. Yeah. Yeah. So I got. Yeah. I mean, there. You should be glad that you are low on the scary Alan list. You're putting me below an Alan wrench in terms of. Right factor, possibly yes. They're very Allen wrenches are weird. They can they scare me. And then there aren't a lot of famous Allens, I guess. Like to, what about Ethan Allen? Uh, that doesn't really count. I okay. mean, their prices are scary. And... <laughs> that was a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So even Ethan Allen, the furniture store, is scarier. Yeah. 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 I'll have to. Uh, yeah, I'll have to, uh, yeah. Tim Allen uh, is scarier than me. What was that? Tim Allen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's scarier than me. Oh, Alan Rickman? Not a scary guy, but he did play Snape. Yeah, well, he played lots he, of scary people. I think he'd be very intimidating if he wants to be, like, just by that stare. Yeah. Uh, yeah, country singer Alan, Alan Jackson. Alan Rickman. Delightful, Vicky says. Alan Rickman was delightful. Oh, he can be. Uh, I think he can do both. I think oh. he can be absolutely terrifying and then delightful in the same moment. Oh, Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, he's scarier. He, but to me, I think Alan Alda and Alan Rickman. I think I'm competitive with them for scariness. Okay, on any number of levels, you are not competitive with either of them. <laughs> Ouch. Ow. Well, wait a minute. When do we do the Patrick list? 
Because of what? course, Patrick Starr is where you start with you. Who's Patrick Starr? The good uh, starfish from yeah, SpongeBob. Oh, that's a fictional character. <laughs> but you're basing all of your Alan rankings on fictional characters. No, I'm not. I'm just that... associating the actual person with the fictional character they played. It's totally different. <laughs> wow. Exactly. It's very yes. different. I'm not talking about the fictional is... character. I'm talking about the actual person as if they were the fictional character. And I say that is the most <laughs> podcasty reasoning example that we could ever present to people about the way you approach it. I'm just saying, it's, you know, it's a very nuanced position. It's chucking all logic out the window. Chucking all logic out the window. You are just not subscribing to my logic for some reason. Okay. <laughs> I wonder why. I have a clear logic. I have said I am equating the fictional character with the actual person. That is a logic. You are just, you know, Mr. Fussy Pants who can't go along with my logic. And now the podcast has become Tiger King, which has become Trump. Thank you very much for that. Mm -hmm. It is like so much gaslighting that it's almost unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's very, yes, it's very meta. It's a very meta episode today. I like that you call it meta, but for Trump, yes. you would call it gaslighting. That you draw a distinction, Elfin hey, Trump. You, you know what the name of the playwright that wrote Gaslight was? Patrick Hamilton? What? Yes, it was Patrick Hamilton, the British yeah, playwright. That, guy's, that guy is way scarier than you, and by the way, much better than you on many different levels. That's hurtful. That's what you just said about me. I didn't say better. I just said less He said scarier. you were in no way a competition to them, which is even worse. Yes. It's, it's not even that you're bad. I didn't say better. I just said in competition, and obviously the competition was only in terms of scariness. I didn't say so, you were Well, no, you said he wasn't even... Wow. He wasn't you, just even went, you just went personal Patrick, in a way that I did not. Literally just said on many different levels about yeah. those acts. That's literally what you just said. And now you're pretending what the levels like, were. But your argument 30 seconds ago was you said it was only on the scary level. People are literally level. like debating Trump. Mm. You're just like a like a punching dummy that that has no shape. Whatsoever. I'm pretty sure I said none of those things you're saying I said. Rich. I'll be honest, I'm getting confused at this point. I... <laughs> I'll be honest. I I'm trying to follow, and I yeah, thought I had part, it, but the then he kept part going. Of is that he's never going to listen to the show, and he won't yeah. hear the literally said on many levels, and then denied yeah, I'm it. I'm pretty sure uh, my memory is is uh, pretty accurate in terms of what I said. All right. I don't so... know if you remember the things you say as you're saying them. What? Don't worry, Rich. You'll forget you said that in 30 seconds. They said something about he cut out for a second. So I only cut part of it. That's okay. I'm recording on my end, so it'll be in the show. That's right. That's the most important thing. So maybe we should move on. Yeah. Yes. We, how about the show? So maybe. Kind of, kind of building off what we were just talking about, because one of the things <laughs> that I found sort of difficult as the show went on. Yeah. Was trying to locate sort of a a moral center in the show or, or like someone in like the entire cast that seemed sort of admirable as a, as a human being. Yes. Um, and I think there maybe was one. Really? Uh, That's one more than I found, but go ahead. I mean, Saf doesn't seem 
too bad of a person. Who? Saf, the one, the the guy that lost his arm. Um. Yeah, and no. I I'm disappointed that in the aftermath of Joe's jailing, pretty much everybody at the park. Now, if Saf did it or not, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody at the park is like. No, I knew that he was putting down Tiger. If if you work there, you had to know that he was doing it. And they don't speak out against it until Joe's in jail. As long That's as they're true. part of the cult and they're being interviewed as members as part of the cult, mm-hmm. like they, they're not pointing out the obvious abuse that are happening. I mean, to be fair, the- we don't know how much ended up on the cutting room floor. Maybe some of them did. Yeah, I mean... Um, and it just didn't get make didn't get into the the way it was it was put together. Uh, okay, that may be true, but as the film was made, like what I wrote in my notes is, you know, that I always appreciate a show with no good guys, and I really felt like this was a show that had no moral center. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, Sap is about as close as it gets. Yeah. Well, in then there's a of... loyal there's a loyalty in Saf that that yes. yeah. I guess you could define in a way as a moral thing, but like more yeah. like well, and Saf seems to be the one most concerned about the animals. Yes, and yet, no. and yet, didn't report to authorities when abuse was taking place on the park. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they made pretty clear that uh, who are the other two guys? Uh, John and Eric. Yeah, Cowie, Eric Cowie. Yeah. Th- you know, it seemed to, like they were maybe more involved in things. I mean, it's entirely possible that Saf was left out of that stuff. Yeah, but again, if you're there, like, you know, oh, a tiger died last night. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, I mean two Saf two been, maybe Saf was too trusting. Yeah, but you know what? If you really love no. the animals, mm. when they just go missing all of a sudden, probably think about what's happening. I just... Yeah. Yeah. Ask I like that Saf is, I'm not saying Saf is perfect, but Saf is about as close to a, a moral center as I could find. That's, I mean, I, if saying as close as you could find, I would agree with, but the way in which all of them love the animals and all of them yeah. have to be aware that there are abuse going on and that none of them go to authorities, that they complain after the fact is, I think... Could you chalk some of that to to the fact that you know they are as much duped into the cult of Joe as as anyone else? Yeah, but there's like you're still responsible. Like, you're still. I don't know. Don't we generally see see people in a cult themselves as victims? I I don't know. I I mean, I guess you would see them as yeah. victims. I, I, yeah, that we always had that they're they're sort of duping themselves, if not being actively duped by sort of the, the cult leadership. I, I think it's really hard to, to find morality. Um, which, again, is why I think in so many ways it captures where we live right Yeah. Well, like it's, it's, and, you know, I, it's, it's one of the things I found really interesting about, because, the you know, the closest thing I could think of to compare to Tiger King would either be like a Coen Brothers film, yeah, or possibly a Pynchon novel. 
or a Pynchon <laughs> novel directed by the Coen brothers. But even then, I don't know that anything they would do quite reaches the level of Tiger King. Uh, and that's, that, that's that in a very real way, it kind of proves the point about true life being even crazier than fiction. That you couldn't make up a story like Tiger King and have right. it come off as as real. If it was but, a fictional movie, people would be like, "This is just stupid." Yeah. The filmmaker in stumbling onto this story. Yeah. I don't even know if they're a good filmmaker. It's just it has so many twists and so many yeah. unbelievable turns. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 impossible to turn away from watching it. Oh yeah, feel a little bit dirty watching it. Hey, speaking, oh, yeah. of, I have a question for you that kind of okay. spins out of what you just said. You know, the Coen Brothers in a pension novel, mm-hmm. and I think that's actually the perfect description of what this is. If it were mm-hmm. something, do you think there should be a Tiger King movie? Because there's been a lot of talk about it. Well, there's yeah, going to be an E-part series with Nicolas Cage. It's not going to be a movie. I've heard Nicolas Cage. Another one that was tossed around was Rob Lowe. How do you feel about Nick Cage? Is Joe Maldonado passed? It I mean, might be a little a little on the nose. That's my thought exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It might be a little on the nose. Which I think is the point so they're going for it. Yeah, it's, it's a part so much made for Nick Cage that it might be much made for Nick Cage. Yeah, like it's too much, like it's too perfect for it's too Nick Cage. And the problem with that is that we've already got the Nick Cage version in the documentary. Yeah, I I don't really understand why do we need a Tiger King movie when the Tiger King show exists? Like, it makes no sense to me. Especially because it's not going to be a movie. From what I've seen, it's going to be like another show, like an eight-part But even then, like, why do we, why do we need that? Like, the the documentary itself is is stranger than than any film could be. Like, here's how I would put it: the Tiger King documentary would be no Nick Cageier. Yeah, short of having more money for more effects or for more cameos. They don't like, need effects, right? Yeah, like it's it, like they've already done the Nick Cage version. Yeah, that's I don't understand what like I don't understand what a film is going to do that is going to be any different. Like that, yeah, it just seems like it doesn't make sense to me. It's I the bankruptcy of gonna... Yeah, it, well, do, it does speak to the <laughs> yeah, it does speak to that. I mean, in the sense of of you know, it's not even like this is not a you know, we're not hearing about Tiger King in real life like it's not a, a real life crime that then is getting adapted into film it's a real life situation that was made into a documentary and the documentary is now being made into the film which is just kind of of you know so many levels removed from reality yeah. that it yeah. seems like we're not even we're not adapt you're not taking a a true story you know i mean the film's not going to say based on a true story the film's going to say based on a documentary about a true story you know, it would be Which a better just seems movie. Weird. The better movie would be Masters of the Vault or our Call of Cthulhu adventure. Oh God, no! I don't. I that would need some heavy rewriting. Oh come we on, should... Jim is and you know, should... as the, the the professional gentleman. You know what we have to do now that I'm thinking about it? We have to no. do a podcast. Uh huh. Both come having casted. Masters of the Vault and the Call of Oh, God. No, that sounds like a terrible idea. It would be spectacular. 
killer. No, no, it would not. We haven't even finished the, the, the Call of Cthulhu thing. Well, I know that's true, but still. We will do this eventually, and it will be one of our great podcasts. Uh, I don't know. No, because we we're not great when we try to be great. The greatness just happens naturally. Uh, like we, is... didn't do, we didn't do the fantasy fantasy draft thinking, oh, this is going to be great. It just turned into greatness. Yeah, but most of my ideas turn into great, it turns out. Oh, Jesus. Now who sounds like Trump? Oof. That's yeah. what. You know, yeah. one of the things I really didn't enjoy about the series was the Joel McHale part. I think that was, that was. Patrick? Yeah. Are you there? Completely lost you. Yeah, no, I just stopped talking after I said that was a couple times. Oh, well, what was it? I never said I didn't actually finish. Do you want to? Uh, no, because I'm not really sure I have a word for it. It was, it was kind of superfluous, <laughs> I guess I would say. Okay. I think superfluous at best. I just, I yeah. like Joel. I mean, it's not, it, was, it was a very much a puff piece. I mean, you know, I mean, I like Joel McHale as an actor, but, you know, there were some more hard-hitting hard hitting questions I would have liked to ask, particularly of Jeff Lowe. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, it just, it seemed, um, and yeah, it basically seemed like, oh my God, you know, Tiger King took off even more than we expected. We kind of, let's do something to, to keep this going. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so it didn't really provide any, I guess the only insight is that, that I had was like, you know, pretty much everyone is perfectly happy with Joe being in jail, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But to me, it just, it didn't really... It didn't really add anything, and no. it had a snark level to it that didn't work. Yeah, at the same time, I guess if I'm if I'm defending the the snark that didn't really work, I'm not sure how snarky I want to get with Jeff Lowe because yeah, that seems like a dude that knows people. He's also a scary dude, too, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Can I ask no, you that? If you're a Walmart, you adopt the all publicity is good publicity approach to the frozen meat stuff. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Like, so, like say you are in charge of PR for Walmart mm -hmm. and you see this show up on Tiger King. Mm -hmm. What's your corporate strategy? Oh, I start having Tiger King specials in the meat department. Which consists of what your your like week old meats or it's just, it's just you know meat on sale. I'm not going to say why it's on sale. It's just a Tiger King special. Okay, so let me take it one step further. If I'm the guy implementing it, I tell you, here's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. We need to bring an authentic dumpster into mm -hmm. the meat section. Mm. We need to dump meats into it that will be the, mm -hmm. the on sale meats, and we need to have people paw through it in that way. Mm -hmm. Well, you wouldn't do that in the time of COVID. That just seems unhealthy. Yeah. Oh, but you know, it's basically the bargain like bin for the stuff. All. Might as well. Yeah. Right. Like it's like it's like a it's a um, dumpster fight club. Well, now, to be fair, they did say that some of the meat in the truck was not expired, but was that someone had taken out of the meat section and then, like at the cash register, decided they didn't want it anymore. And so then it can't go back to the meat section. Yeah, so a that lot of stores are like that, where good. once a customer brings it up, they can't bring it back to the refrigerated section. Yeah, so, so you know, that meat would be completely legit. The question is what percent of meat in the meat dumpster 
is that me? Ooh, it's like a game show. Yes. No, exactly. What what kind of it's Does, mystery? Will you get Samilla? That's right. You don't find out if you've won or not until you eat the meat at home. Listen, it's not that you find out you won. It's you find out if you lost. Yeah. Now, but you're a winner if you get the meat cut rate price, mm. but don't get sick. That's a yeah. win. It's like, hey. I'm not I sure that's a win next... so much as that is what everyone hopes happens. Yeah, well, it's okay. Well, in America today, that's a win. Like, yeah, not true. getting violently ill is winning. Yeah, that's true. That's well, particularly these days. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm trapped in my house, completely lacking human contact. But if I don't get violently ill, that's right. a win. Yeah. So if we wanted that's to destroy that's, big, that's my Saturday night. Oh, wow. it's not not just Saturday night for you, Rich. <laughs> and let's be honest, it's uh... not. That's not. It's been going on for three months. Oh no, no, that's that's my life's Saturday night. Right. Hey, yeah. he occasionally gets out to a movie that someone pays for. Right. Not lately. Well, I mean, that's only because well, the movies are shut down. So yeah. it's funny. He sounds so aggrieved. Nobody's <laughs> <getting> free food. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure once Cinemark opens up, Rich will be out there with a sign. You know, <laughs> we'll eat popcorn for movie. movie. <laughs> we'll eat popcorn for movie. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, I really get taken. We'll see movie and eat your popcorn. Yeah. That's what no, but I, I like. We'll eat popcorn for <laughs> movie because that does more or less. <laughs> yeah, you. Hey, hey. Oh, I promise I won't do it that often. That's a ferocious beast you out there. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure somebody will come in a minute. Say. Now you seemed very upset. Probably because we weren't actually talking about Tiger King anymore, and that's the topic of today's show. Well, so if we wanted to bankrupt big box stores, what Rich is saying is if we all just go in there and take meat counter and then choose not to buy it when we get to the register, it would lose all their meat. You know, if you were if you were PETA or someone and wanted to do like a massive protest, that would be the way to do it. Right. I mean right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it would force everyone to go vegan. Or they right. have to pay twice as much for the meat. Mm. Nope. But Hello? Either way. Nope. So I brought some fair or foul. Oh, excellent. I was going to ask you about Rick Kirkham, but I feel like we're kind of out of, we're running out of time. Mm. I did find Rick Kirkham very interesting. Ow. He's, he's an interesting fella. In what way? Well, particularly when you find out that he was on Inside Edition working with um, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, he does not have nice things to say about Bill O'Reilly. Does I yeah. Um There's a surprise. You mean that guy's hard to work yeah. with? And well, and then apparently Kirkham himself, I guess he was on Oprah at some point. Like um, a guest or like you worked it? Yeah, like as a, back when, back in the early days of Oprah, I think, uh, talking about, you know, because I guess he was like a massive cocaine crack addict back in the day. Because oh. uh, there was something I read that said he actually admitted that he was filming an interview for Inside Edition with President George Bush. I can't remember who it was, George or, or GW. He's um, calling totally GW? GW. Okay. Um, totally high on crack, and the topic was anti-drugs. 
That that is that sounds like an '80s story, quite frankly. Yeah, I want to say it was like '97, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, he I found him a, a really interesting figure as well. Yeah. Um, he had kind of a, a sort of Sam Elliott vibe in uh, The Big Lebowski when he's just sitting in the bar telling the story like like Sam Elliott does in Big Lebowski. Without sort of the magnetism of Elliot. Yeah. So, but yeah, Kirkham, Kirkham, he's apparently now living in, in Norway with his wife. Yes. So, and I do feel bad for him in the sense that, you know, he thought he found like, you know, his big ticket to retirement and then it just completely blew up on him. Almost literally. Yeah. Yes. That's, uh, yes. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. So, but yeah, you said you had some fair or foul for us. Yeah. So this one comes from Victoria Brownworth at the Bay Area Reporter. All right. He asks a question that I, I'm kind of curious your answer to. Okay. He writes, would Tiger King be as captivating without a quarantine? We'll never know, will we? But it sure is amazing right now. I mean, we'll find out when the Nicolas Cage thing comes out. Nah, nah. So you don't think it would be as captivating without the quarantine? No, I mean the show is really captivating. I think all on its own. I think it may not have had the buzz about it because the quarantine. It came at a time when the quarantine was just starting, and nobody had anything to watch, and that was like the only one new thing. Like it hit at the exact perfect moment. So I think it might have. I think it would have been ca as captivating. I think it might have gotten a similar amount of attention, but I think it would have been a much slower uh, burn. Fair enough. It would have taken longer for it to get to where it is. And but again, the show it might is have been like, easily I, you know, forgettable because of the film. It's not like a sh happening. it's not a show that you watch and think, oh, people are only watching this because of the quarantine. It right. is a fascinating show in its own right, and so I think that would have happened regardless of the quarantine. But I don't think it would have had as many eyes on it at once and thus not had kind of the immediate um, response that it garnered. I think it would have been a much slower. Fair enough. Let me give you another one that you can actually do a fair or foul on. This yeah. One is from... So I guess, I guess technically I'm saying that's foul. Yes. Okay. Fair, fair enough. enough. How about this one from Jared Richie's Richards of Junkie? Okay. The documentary is too swept up by Exotic's point scoring against Baskin and loses sight of its original purpose, animals supposedly at its center. I'm going to have to say that's foul as well. Yeah. Because it's, I, I it's, mean, it's weird expecting this. You, come on. Are you having problems with your, your animals in the house there, Alan? Yeah. Yes. Um, Hold on. So you said, did you say that was foul? Yeah, I think it's foul because even if the producers originally and did intend to make it about the animals, they stumbled into a, a much more fascinating story. Um, and so to fault them for pursuing that... I don't, I don't really, 
you know, that doesn't really make sense to me. I kind of wonder if the original purpose was ever really the end. Well, that's the other thing, too, is that I think, I mean, that's clearly what they told people. Right. Like, Carol Baskin clearly thinks that's what it's about. I saw, I read an interview with Doc Antle that, that he was very disappointed in how he's represented because he thought it was supposed to be about, like, how he takes care of the animals. And he says, like, you know, 90% of what they filmed with me ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Um, so it seems clear to me that, that you know, I they very quickly realized that there was something more to go on here and, and steered in that direction. Um, right. Or they were never, which again, the fact that they were there and not really caring about the animal fits what's going on in the show anyways, because everyone's there and not really caring about the animal. Right. Right. And so it's another way that you can kind of see, you know, even, even the producers of the documentary, um, get kind of swept up in, uh, you know, kind of of the ways in which the show mirrors where we are right now. Because we want spectacle and we want entertainment. We don't really yeah. want to. Be- yeah, and I think the you know if you're, if you're generous to producers, they either stumbled into the spectacle and went in that direction, or they always knew the spectacle was there and they did what they had to do to get in. Right. Which is to tell them we're gonna we're gonna talk about the animal. Right. I don't think there's any doubt when they're filming that stuff that they know what they're going to do. I just, I, 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 with Kirkman, you know, he got in there wanting to do the documentary about Joe exotic. And he did that by saying, yes, I will produce your, your lousy internet web show. Right. Which by the way is, is maybe the West, the, the worst internet web show ever. Yes. Yes, though I do. I did enjoy what we saw of, of Joe Exotic's music videos. They seem like videos you would like, actually. So <laughs> they, they had a they had a nice cheesiness to them. They had an '80s polish to them. Yeah, well, early '80s. Like they they had a very sort of like Laura Branigan's Gloria sort of about them. Yeah, like look at these cool things we can do with video cameras. Yeah, or or not even that. I mean, the, <laughs> look the at these Laura cool Branigan's. Things. The Laura Brannigan Gloria video is her literally in like a room with a couple of disco balls. Yeah, but like you know, like you get these, is like, just like the the weird visual kind of cuts yeah. that you made in yeah, the eighties. So very very early eighties yeah, kind of. We're we're just now making music videos that aren't just concert videos. Right. Yeah. It. I have many more fair foul if you want to hear more. My theory about uh, Carol Baskin's husband. Oh, what is that? You never, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. So I do have a theory. So, because one of the things that's, you know, obviously one of the big mysteries is what happened to him. He was right. killed. That, that, wouldn't that be the big mystery? Yes, is what happened to him. Wait, Rich, uh, actually, did Rich watch the show? I watched parts of it. It was very difficult. Hmm. Okay. Well, first off, he had to go over to someone else's house that had Netflix. No, I bought my parents. And then he had, had to make sure. Oh, okay, so your, your parents. Okay. And a popcorn maker. I was say to your parents, did your parents have to, you had to make sure your parents had popcorn. No, uh, I stole a bunch of, I stole a box of the uh, microwaveable one uh, years ago. Uh, we're living off of it. Did you, get so. it out of, did you get it out of a dumpster at Walmart? Because I'm not sure you want to eat that popcorn. I will refuse to answer those kind of questions. Okay. So the line that stuck out to me is when her first husband said something like, if I can pull this off, 
it will be the slickest thing I've ever done. Right. Which leads me to, which, which I think leads most people to expect that he like faked his death and is now down like in Costa Rica somewhere. Yeah. But, but I have a different theory. Because one of the things that really struck me is the physical resemblance between Carol Baskin's first husband and her current husband. In that they look a lot alike. Wait, so let me get this straight. You mm-hmm. think that he went and had minor plastic surgery? That is exactly true. He did. He faked his death, had minor plastic surgery, went and then back came back Carol as Baskin. her current husband, Howard. Even okay, though he went back to Carol Baskin. Yes. And he now, would do this hurt. because why? I don't know why, but who knows why <laughs> anyone in the show does anything? The motive is hard to gather there. Except Besides that it would the be, spectacle. But that I would be the slickest thing he's ever done. Not just faking his death, but faking his death and coming back as her second husband. Right. I mean, like, should they probably collected some insurance money, maybe. Like, yeah. So, <clears throat> I guess it depends how he died. Yeah, but isn't her second husband? He comes from a wealthy family, right? Not, Supposedly. Uh, I mean, did did you see them in the show? No, but you could. So who knows I if they exist? That, I would think that even Rich, with ten minutes on the the Google, <laughs> would be able to put together like a a, a past history of that her second husband that would demonstrate. You can't that he, trust what you look up on the web. So fake news. Should, but I should trust your wild speculation. Yes. Based on. Okay. Based basically on one concept that the first husband looks like the or the second husband looks like the first husband. Well, they yes. look somewhat alike. They look somewhat and alike. Yes. Forget the fact that maybe Cal Baskin has a type of person she's attracted to. Yeah. See, oh, see, that even adds to my point that she's got a type. Well, no, it detracts no, me a point because it, it means because she would she find would... somebody who would look like a first husband. That's right. No, or she would want somebody that is her first husband, but also is not. But again, the first husband was married already. He did not have to. Besides the the trick of it, he had no cause right, to do those things. But maybe he's trying to get away from the first family, and this is how he did it. I'm just saying. This oh, is my theory. The first escaping the first family is the only good evidence you have so far. Except it makes again, as much sense as he anything else in the show. Order. It would get him out of alimony payments, and, he, mm-hmm. and they were. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, anyway, that's my theory. I'm unconvinced. Okay, well, that's fine. All right, here's another uh, fair or foul for you. All right. It's from Jordan Rumi of World of Real. World of what? Real. R-E-L. Oh, well. Okay. Like a film reel. Right, I figured. I mean, you cut out when you were spelling it, but I figured it was double E. Oh, um, Jordan's review reads in part, I'll quote, WTF. All right. Oh, is that it. the entirety? That's it. Oh, that's fair. Okay, good. Yeah, because well, should... I mean, just every episode, there's just kind of another element of, of WTF. Yeah. That seems to be the show's sort of mantra. Yeah. You know, how do we get to the next level of WTF? Yeah. Well, again, I mean, the show knows that it's got a spectacle. The producers know that they've got a spectacle on their hand. And so, you know, they, 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 you know, play up the, the spectacular nature of it. Yeah. 
All right, I've got a couple more for you then. Okay. Um, let's try this one from Joshua Rivera at The Verge. Oh, The Verge. We've, we've used The Verge before. We have. Um, Joshua writes, it's incredibly compelling and terribly so. Tiger King is almost wholly dedicated to spectacle with little interest in any sense of truth. And the truth is about as gutting as Tiger King is sensational. Well, I'm trying to think what the gutting truth of Tiger King is. Right. Because I'm not sure I quite see that. Um, everything else I think is probably fair. I think that if you read this review... I, mean, I guess the gutting truth would be that nobody really cares about the animals, even though they say they do. Well, that would be one gutting truth. The larger yeah. gutting truth is that we only care about the sensational. The other gutting truth is where I tried to start the show, that like this is the perfect embodiment of who we are today. Yeah, because yeah that's true. Yeah. Only care about Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so that one's fair. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that's fair. And then I got one about a milk truck I want to read to you. Okay. Oh, here you go. Um, it's from... Um, Ewan Ferguson of the Observer in the day. Okay. Quote, enthralling in an aghast kind of way, like watching an accident in slow-mo, but not even that interesting an accident. It's a collision between two old milk floats, say, where you're just left with much broken glass and a rancid pungency. I mean, it's a little harsh. But... I, I couldn't hear what Patrick said. He cut out on my end. I didn't actually say anything. I just said, eh. Well, so what are you thinking? Rich says it's a little harsh to compare it to two old milk floats, broken, broken glass, and pungent. Probably is a little bit unfair. Uh, but not entirely. Hmm? So I'd, I'd say mostly fair. That's not how fair or foul works. It's fair. Or somewhat foul. Yeah. No, it's either fair or foul. Like it's baseball. There's no you, such thing as compromise. That's right. There's no. There's no somewhat. It's one or yeah. the other. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm sticking to my answer. But no, I believe in new. I believe in nuance that is missed by your sort of binary. It is this or that structure. Okay. Number one, I'm pretty sure you came up with the concept of fair or foul. <laughs> your binary structure. In which we are playing, you have often. Well, and if I came up with it, I think I'm perfectly legit to mess with it since I am its creator. And you've often told me that I needed to be fair or foul. I'm uh, not sure I've ever said that. I generally embrace nuance and complexity. Middle of the game. I guess we've killed fair or foul today. We will never do it again. No, we'll do it again. Fair or foul is one of our great bits. So what fair or foul did you bring today? I actually did not bring any. So I did all the work. Like two pages of the notes here. So I did all of the work for the great bit. Like one of our great bits, I did the work for. I want to be clear. You say you were doing fair or foul. How was I supposed to know there was going to be fair or foul? Always do fair or foul. We don't always do fair or foul. We almost always do fair or foul. I can think of several episodes in which we have not done fair or foul. Like Masters of the Vault? Okay, so they're all the D&D &D episodes, yes. But they're still, you know, not, I mean, those are largely foul. Uh, it would be kind of funny if you looked up like reviews of like D and D or like Call of Cthulhu, 
and well, did like fair foul on them. If we could get people to actually review our shows, oh, that's yeah. a bad idea. that seems like a bad but idea. That would require people actually listening to the shows. So yeah. people listen to the shows. Okay, what are our numbers for the the D and D and the <sighs> Call of Duty? Well, Call of Duty uh, just went up like two hours ago. Well, I know yeah, they're going to so. make it. But what are our numbers? That's my question. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Edge of Darkness already has two downloads. Uh, Flash Quiz Part 2 has 8. Flash Quiz Part 1 has 12. That's something, doesn't it? Ooh, the final episode of Masters of the Vault had 26. No way! And the one prior to that had 16. You're making that up. I'm not. The one prior to that had 11. Rich, are you asking your friends to download it? I don't have friends who know this. Yeah. Ooh, our last Pop Culture Roundup had 30. I think we need to get back to a more regular schedule. I think that will help us. I mean, that that definitely hurts. I mean, we're up to, we're almost to 5,500 downloads. Well. Yeah, we're nine away. Oh, yeah, we got to get a little more. Little more regular. We've also got a problem with the math here. Yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. Hey Rich, hmm? you've got both episodes of the Flash Quiz labeled as episode one twenty-seven. Oh, hang on. Because Edge yeah, of Darkness is episode one twenty-eight, but they actually says we have one hundred and twenty-nine episodes. Yeah. I wonder if we should uh, now wrap on the Tiger King because I feel like we're. You don't think this is something people want to hear about? Yeah, <laughs> me updating the text. To talk about numbers was the clue that we should probably stop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now that we are in the numbers, would yes. be time which, to kind of. Which, like, by the way, was your idea because you asked what are our numbers on the podcast. No, it's fair. I understand it was my fault, but you're the mm-hmm. one that killed fair or foul, so I feel like we're even. I did not kill it because I created it, and that's my never creation. Be- and I can do whatever I want with it. I shall that's never how I understand it again. Never again. Oh, no. We'll do fair or foul again. I will okay. not. You- that's tough. We'll also have 130 episodes because another Edge of Darkness goes up next week. Excellent. Wow. Okay. Look at that. Cranking them out. They're cruising along. Yeah. So, yeah. Patrick, any, any final thoughts on the Tiger King? Um, It's great. No. Oh, Jesus. <laughs>